Welcome back to the Project Freelance Podcast. I hope you guys are ready for this week. It is full of information. I am talking to Andre too. He is a digital marketer. He owns and runs a digital marketing agency, which is super sick. And today we're going to be talking about digital marketing. We're going to be talking about SEO, optimizing your website, getting new client leads, how to get your leads optimized, how to get Google Analytics and SEO stuff set up. But before we jump into this podcast, there's a few things I need to let you know about. First of all, if you are still using Linktree, it is absolutely completely outdated and you should switch over to beacons.ai for your link in your bio. All you got to do is hit the link in the description. It is a referral link, so you actually get $20 of credit towards your Beacons account. It's a free account. It's a free platform, but you can choose to upgrade and get things like SEO, marketing, uh, analytics and all kinds of different stuff. If you choose to upgrade, you do get $20 of credit by using my, my referral code. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, beacons is super sick platform. I started using it about a week and a half ago. You can track the analytics of how many clicks you get on each of your, your links, and it automatically pulls your link tree information into the beacons platform. So it takes like 15 seconds, honestly, to transfer everything over. It's so cool. So yeah, beacons.ai, go check it out. The next thing I need to let you know about is that I actually have a book out. It's a photography book about urban exploring. I like to explore abandoned places when I'm not freelancing as a videographer or a video editor. And uh, so if you want to get a copy of a awesome photo book, check out notracers.com. That is my uh, photography website for my urban exploration. So if you're into abandoned places, if you're into grungy photography, definitely check out the blog, check out the book, and enjoy the content. The next thing I need to let you know about is that I have a second podcast called No Tracers. It's also about exploring abandoned places where I have guests on the show that also explore abandoned places from around the world. So if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, definitely check out that podcast. But if you like Project Freelance at any point in time, please leave a rating and feedback on this podcast. All you got to do is, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the Project Freelance page on the podcast section, scroll to the bottom, and you will see other people's feedback and their ratings. There's a star rating system, so if you guys give us however many stars you think that the podcast is worth and leave some feedback, take a screenshot of it, and then send it to me at Project Freelance on Instagram or Twitter. I will actually send you a signed photo print that I have taken. So the last thing I need to let you know about is that we have a partner here on the podcast. And if you like drinking water, if you're a human, you need water. So you should check out Liquid Death Water. And if you've never heard of Liquid Death Water, well, they are, their water is from Austria, the Austrian Alps. And I've got an ad for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death, murder your thirst. 
So if you would like 10% off your order of water, which is something you need to survive, check out liquiddeath.com. Use code just the letter K for 10% off or hit the link in the description and it will automatically apply that code for you. Without further ado, Andre, please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience. Hello, hi Kay. Hello, everybody. How are you? How is everything going? Uh, this is Andre here. I'm a digital marketing um, entrepreneur, to say so, founder and CEO of the marketing agency called MarketU. Uh, we are an integrated digital marketing agency and we have offices in the UK and in Europe. So, um, yeah, uh, we also have a podcast and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll go into everything as we go through the conversation. But primarily, I'm an entrepreneur and a digital marketer. So tell me about how you got started in, in digital marketing. What made you catch the bug for, for doing marketing? It's, it's quite a, you know, a, an interesting thing to get into. So what made you get into it in the first place? Oh, so uh, this goes way back. Uh, basically, um, when I was in high school and I mean entering high school, um, I decided to form a band and I was playing guitar uh, and we were making music, but we had to get people to listen to our music <laughs> and come to the shows. So this was the very early days of Facebook. Uh, but this is basically how I started to get into marketing, sort of promoting our shows and, uh, you know, using social media to bring crowds to our shows um, and obviously doing some of the PR and even management side of things as well. But, you know, like I was 13 or something. So um, this, this, these were my first steps into this direction. Um, and then, uh, well, I continued to do that for a while. Um and on the side, I also started to work very early, like ever since I could legally do so. Uh, so I had a bunch of jobs in marketing in different areas, like from in-store promotions and uh, offline marketing and events management and marketing to uh, digital, which I was getting my hands on from the early days. So I kind of was one of the uh, first people to maybe, you know, try Facebook ads and work out hacks to for organic growth, which at that point actually was happening and you could have some organic reach um, as opposed to today when it's a bit harder. Um, but yeah, um, these were basically my first steps. And then um, went to university, studying marketing, um, went a lot into, I mean, university was when I got in contact and I discovered my passion uh, for entrepreneurship, uh, continued to work for university in marketing. Um, and then uh, when finishing university, kind of, so just before that, I decided to fund the agency um, as a response to, well, kind of as a response to some of the jobs that I had, including the one that I had at that point in a corporation, to say so. Uh, I didn't like that environment too much and uh, I didn't like very much the way that the agencies that I had interacted with as a client worked back then uh, and I was very passionate about marketing so I thought hey you know what uh, I think we could do this uh, better and starting off we started working a lot with artists and uh, very early entrepreneurs so I, I mean we uh, I was a one-man band so uh, <laughs> I started working a lot <laughs> uh, and did that as a sort of side hustle um, developed a brand around me but like the agency and then uh, continue to work for a while as a freelancer but under this brand uh have set up the company etc and then um, we grew from there into becoming the agency that we are today 
So how did you fund this agency? Like, did you save up your money? Were you planning to do this like from the get or was this something that kind of came, uh, I don't know, maybe from an inspiration that you saw uh, for something that was missing in the space? Like, how did how did you get the funding and how did you and what made you want to create the agency? Mm -hmm. Very cool question and very nice to think back to these days. Uh, basically, so, you know, UK is pretty expensive coming. Uh, like I was a student back then in the UK. Uh, originally, I'm from Romania, from East Europe. So, uh, you know, I was working to be able to live there and uh, also during university. And this agency, agency thing uh, was very much like a drive that I had at that point. I still do, but that's when it started. So um, obviously, I mean, for sure, I didn't have money to invest a lot into everything that had to do with our online branding or client acquisition or advertising for our services and stuff like that. But uh, one thing that I'm very grateful for is that um, I had the, I was lucky enough to have a bunch of very talented friends at a couple of things. So uh, one of my very good friends, which was also a musician, uh, he helped me with designing my website for the agency. Um, then I had uh, two other friends that were very good designers. So they helped with the logo and uh, graphic assets. And then basically, I think through the first year or so, um, the only thing that I invested in terms of tech or stuff like this was admin costs and, uh, you know, kind of keeping it at a low level and trying to do as much as possible organically or through referrals or through networking. So that worked a bit. Um, but obviously, from when we started to have some cash flow, we had to invest more in uh, primarily in client acquisition. Uh, but I think it would be interesting to mention one thing here. So we had the agency in the UK, which was the first one to say so. So that's where we had the first clients and we worked and etc. But um, I was in close contact with Romania, where I'm like my home country as well still, and with the industry there. Um, I had some knowledge about you know companies in that space. Uh, my family has a background in marketing as well, so I knew how the agency life works and what's good and not in the market and etc. So um, I managed to have some clients from uh, Romania as well, mostly referrals when market you in Romania wasn't a thing. And then um, we got some funding uh, in 2018. So that helped us op like properly op open another office here, uh, I mean, in Romania and uh, hire a team, like the first people on the team to actually be, you know, employed apart from myself. Uh, before that, we worked a lot with freelancers or project-based. So uh, this really helped us build a, like a proper team of in-house people and uh, internalize every service that we offered or, well, 90%. And then from then onwards to actually apply a marketing strategy like we do for our clients, you know. Um, and I think that that was a very big turning point for us from, you know, being a one-man band kind of to uh being a company wow that's incredible i love hearing you know the, the come up like how how you went from zero to where you're at now and how did you find your clients at the beginning like where like i know you said that you had referrals and things so i'm sure it was a lot of word of mouth at the beginning but when you started looking for clients where were you looking for them 
Hmm, let me think back to those days. So, um, first of all, I think kind of everybody knew that I was doing marketing. Like if either of my friends was in a conversation with somebody that uh, was looking for a marketer, they would probably mention my name and then I would start to talk to them. And then from then things were going well. Uh, but this was sort of like the referral area. And then because I also had to work contract-based, uh, you know, for specific companies and uh, in order to have like a more stable income to support the growth of the company. So it was still kind of like a side hustle. Um, I didn't remain with too much time to generate more inbound or outbound leads so that I can actively grow the customer base. But if I was to do something different, because I'm aware that maybe we have here on the show people that are just... Uh, maybe starting out as freelancers, but being super committed to it and not necessarily having a side, like another job on, on the side. Um, if I were to do this again, I know that the platforms for freelancers have, um, have grown a lot, like, you know, from Upwork to others, like uh, recently I uh, stumbled across one called Bark. Um, these are all platforms for digital marketers. And I think these would be, one place where I would invest a bit more. I mean, it's not free to get, you know, like the credits and stuff to apply, but if you have your thing going and you know what you're doing, I think you probably could generate clients well through through these places. And then because organic social is not, it's more about branding, but it's not about uh, organic reach outside your community that much. Um, I would, uh, in order to keep the costs low, I would just make sure that I have a very good content strategy. And one thing again that I would do differently or I would do more of if I was to go, you know, five years back would be paying more attention to uh, the SEO element of my platforms as a freelancer or, I mean, let shall we suppose that every freelancer has a website? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just assume that they're already, they've already done that. And if they haven't, please sign up for Squarespace or Wix. I mean, there's there's tons of different platforms, guys. Uh, but yeah, we'll assume that you already have a website up. Mm -hmm. So basically, I mean, a website should be probably the first thing to look at because that's where, uh, I mean, even if you, uh, I don't know, you count more on LinkedIn if you were to mm -hmm. sell through that, uh, a website is still necessary. I mean, you need to have an online presence that is yours. Um, so looking at a website, um, I would probably act more and worry a bit less in terms of design and things like this. I mean, I know that in the early days, uh, I was very uh, picky, let's say, with how everything looked and things like this. Uh, but uh, this delayed a lot of the process of actually launching the website or launching the new version of the website. Um, that was in the first year or one year and a half. And then uh, once you have that up and running, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be there and it has to look good and professional. Then look at the SEO element of it uh, and maybe try to learn if you don't know SEO yet, maybe you are not a marketer, but you are other type of freelancer. Uh, try to educate yourself on SEO, how it works, even if you don't necessarily have the budget to work with an agency for optimizing this and uh, really try to optimize your website for SEO and produce content because uh, this proved, I mean, for all of our clients that we do SEO for, but also for us, uh, this proved to be 
let's say for us, because this would be the most uh, appropriate case, um, one of the best ways in which we started to generate clients since we started to pay attention to this. I mean, let's say probably about two years, two years and a half ago, yeah, two years and a half ago, where we really sat down and looked at our blog content strategy and content strategy in general and optimizing our website as well as we would for a client and things like this you know because it, it, it often happens uh i'm sure that every like many people here would be in the same position you know you are uh doing something very well for your clients but then you leave yourself maybe on the side or not paying so much attention to the exact thing that you are a specialist in for yourself that much um, because you prioritize clients. And I think if you do that, prioritize yourself as well, because this on like SEO only, if you were to look at one channel, this one is going to be a massive contributor to the number of inbound leads you get if you do it correctly within six months. Yeah, I think that a lot of people overlook the SEO factor of their website and it, it kind of just leaves it stagnant, you know, like the only way to find people is to use those those target words, those the, that tracking, you know, to be able to to measure what you're looking for and to find you have to go find the people and the only way they'll find you is by if you're doing those things like SEO and, and taking care of your, your website. And, and I think that, like I said, people often overlook that. And so thank you for talking about the importance of, of doing that. I think it's wildly overlooked and super important. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, if you can do SEO and Google Ads as well, maybe you have a bit of a bigger budget, then that would be ideal because Google Ads is leads on demand, really. Uh, and SEO is a more medium long term strategy that will ultimately save you or complement your Google Ads budget. But um, yeah, if you don't and you are you know, bootstrapping or running on a low budget, then uh, it costs nothing to write content. You just need to do it wisely. And um you know, it's always that balance, whether you have uh, time, but you don't have that much finances or you don't have time, you have a bit more money and then you can work with somebody to do certain things for you. Yeah, definitely. And like going back to your point earlier about using sites like Upwork to, to start jumping into the client space, I, as a videographer and video editor, I get, you know, 40% of my work comes from websites like Upwork. And so... Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the the integration of those newer platforms? You had mentioned one earlier, uh, Bark. Is that what you mm -hmm. call, what it's called? Can you talk about that platform? I haven't heard of that one, but so I'm super interested to hear like, like a little bit more about that. Okay, so uh, haven't used it yet. Um, I signed up for it because I was curious to see what's up. Uh, they seem to be sort of like Upwork, uh, but you have to purchase a bunch of credits so that you can apply for the jobs that are on the platform. Um, but it seemed to be pretty user-friendly. Um, I was actually planning for us as an agency to test it out uh, for the leads that seem to need more of an agency kind of partnership. Uh, I mean, the reason why I'm saying this is because certain jobs may be more complex than others. And then you need maybe two, three people to work like specialists to work on a project rather than, for example, copywriting or video editing, as you mentioned, or graphic design or these tasks where you need one specialist. So um, I would say from what I saw the last time I checked, uh, the jobs seem to be pretty diverse, very digital focused. I mean, Probably all of them were graphic design or, uh, you know, to do with marketing and media. Um, 
but yeah, have a look. Uh, I think they have a free trial or something like that for uh, like an application or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not endorsing them specifically, right, but right. it's just uh, a discovery that I had. Um, but going back to your question of integrating these within your lead generation strategy or? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think... Let's go a bit into the business area so that we can maybe give a bit more context or prove the point a bit better. Um, Having the experience of starting from really like a freelancing point and then uh, growing the agency, one thing that was always very clear or had to be managed was the amount of workload and the predictability of the workload against the the amount of resources to execute that workload at a very high standard. So, uh, you know, if you are a freelancer, you have a certain capacity, it's only you. So what do you do if you have seven clients and then you have absolutely no time to search for new ones, but then they are not recurring projects. So once they're done, they're done and you basically have to go on the hunt again and you have maybe two weeks with no revenue trying to generate that revenue. Uh, It's probably not... um, not a very comfortable case, mainly today when, you know, the market is a bit more friendly than before. Uh, So what I would probably suggest as a mindset to look at would be to maybe not stay on maximum capacity and be super overworked all the time forever and just having like, uh, you know, full capacity times and then a bit of a drop and then full capacity times, unless that's the way that you like to work. Um, but rather than that, maybe have 70, 80% capacity, probably as a freelancer, this would be a good enough, uh, revenue as well. It's a bit balanced, so you don't burn out, um, and then allocate some time to this lead generation aspect, because unless you have recurring business, like for example, uh, from our services, if we were to think about Google ads or SEO or social media management, these are recurring services. So if the client is happy and we do a good job, then, and nothing happens in their business, it's likely that that partnership, once it's up and running, it will keep for long and then we that becomes predictable. But if we were to look at website, website you know, development or these types of services, maybe in your case would be uh, video editing for a movie or something like that that is there and it's done and then it's finished and you have to look for another, uh, then the predictability will only be given by the amount of leads that you keep coming in on a daily or weekly basis, knowing that you'll convert a percentage of that so that you know that per week for you to be able to have enough revenue next month or two months down the line uh, and to be cool and not stressed out and stuff. Um, you have a certain capacity of X and then you always know that you have these couple of clients that you are very sure of or you just close new ones and then you start working with them. And then a certain amount of money goes into generating the clients for two weeks, uh, two months down the line. So you always integrate this business development aspect in your day-to-day life and try to work it as a um, best practice for you. I think, uh, you know, this is something that I learned when I was only myself in the business. And then it's something that we are fine tuning still. And, you know, it's always a matter of just continuously improving this. Uh, But um, growing into a business, this will be a very, very important area for you 
to sustainably grow because you'll want more clients. You'll be able to get more clients on board, but then it's going to come a time where you need to know what your capacity is so that you can recruit and train in time so that when a new person comes into the team, for example, uh, then you have enough new new or existing clients that they can take over after their training is finished uh, is finished and you know that they will do a good job at your standard um so that you know it's still profitable for the business and then you supplement the resource and then you grow in parallel the resource and the revenue uh does it make sense absolutely yeah and is there like a like a percentage of the revenue you should put back into that the the digital marketing of your brand or your company or your website, uh, do you have like a recommendation for that? Or is it just kind of like up to them to decide like how much they want to put back into it? I would say it's uh, depending It's depending on a lot of things, but uh, it will always go down to the cost per lead or the cost per deal. Uh, look, this is maybe something that I, I, I wasn't doing this in the beginning. Uh, and I know very few freelancers that actually day to calculate these things and to have an overview because it tends to be a bit boring and a bit analytic and you know it's not so much fun I guess unless you are a bit of a number junkie I love analytics man talk to me <laughs> <laughs> okay so so basically uh this is the way that I'm looking at them uh you have a certain budget let's say I don't know 500 dollars per month uh, first of all, you need to decide in what channels you want to, that's to put in, uh, to go in, into that, that budget and then to set priorities and stuff like that, like all the things that everybody's talking about, but what, in order for you to make the best decisions there, you need to find out which channels generate what type of projects or revenue for you, how much that revenue is and, uh, you know, how, how good quality the leads that come, um, through that source are. So. Ultimately, what you need to know is your cost per lead. So how much does it cost you on average to get one new lead? And then the cost per deal so that you can try to make things a bit more predictable. So for example, if you know that on average, uh, you close one out of four people or projects that you talk about um, and you know that you know in order for you to get a lead, maybe you need to purchase credits on one of these platforms, or maybe you need to uh, invest uh, a certain amount in Google ads, let's say $30 per lead or something like that. Yeah, let's say $30. Then you know that for each deal that you close, you probably would on average need to allocate $120 for every deal. That's the cost per sale, excluding the human resource element that goes, which is your time to, you know, sell, the, I mean, carry the initial conversations, close the deal, do the contract, brief on board, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have to take that into account when you are looking at the profitability of your uh, services and also when you set your hourly rate, because you have to take into consideration all those things because they are non, they are non-billable. Right. <laughs> so, so you need to, to account for them. But uh, this is basically what you need to find out first. And you can only do this by testing. And then once you know, or you have a better view of that, then you just go back to your monthly estimate of how many new deals you need or what's your capacity model and what you need next month or two months down the line to be safe and free. Um, and then from then you say, okay, so I need maybe three new clients every month, let's say. Okay, that means that you need 12 
leads every month, which means that your marketing budget is X. And then um, a next step from here, I mean, let's say you know that one channel is performing very well, probably uh, always don't put your eggs in just one basket unless you are super sure about it. Um, but try to test. I mean, Google Ads is a very good platform. Uh, in order for it to, uh, for B2B, uh, in order for it to work really good, uh, you probably need, I mean, it's going to work well for with smaller budgets as well. But where Google Ads becomes really good, uh, and obviously you can use the algorithms and everything else, is um, when you have a bit of a higher budget so that you can um, exceed certain thresholds that a platform has. So for example, uh, for the people that uh, work with Google Ads in the past, uh, but actually for everybody, basically there's a couple of ways in which you can optimize your Google Ads campaigns. You can optimize them to deliver the maximum amount of clicks for a specific budget, or you can optimize them to uh, deliver a maximum amount of conversions, or uh, to optimize them to deliver you conversions at a specific price. So, you know, Google only gets you in, um, I have a lapsus, um, in um, bids uh, when it's a high chance for conversion so that it works out profitably for you. But uh, if you don't generate uh, about 50 conversions over the course of 30 days, uh, whatever that conversion is that you want to optimize for, it would be lead submissions, uh, lead form submissions if you are running a website and that's how people get to you, emailing you. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have that conversion setup, then you'd need probably 50 leads in a month. And that's a massive amount of leads for a freelancer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the budget is going to be pretty high. Uh, so maybe maybe this would not necessarily be somewhere where you could get on your own in terms of volume. But Google Ads still can be a very good platform for driving uh, relevant people to your website and then having your pages optimized well for conversions. And again, uh, if I can be a bit techy <laughs> again here yeah, since yeah. we are on the subject, um, there are a lot of free tools that you can use to um, better optimize your landing pages and just to make sure that that budget works very well for you. So uh, you can maybe use tools like Hotjar to um, to see how people interact with your landing pages when they get there. Uh, make sure you use Google Analytics. I mean, maybe I should have said this from the beginning. Uh, yeah, first thing, after you have the website, make sure that the Google Analytics code is implemented well and you track everything mm -hmm. or, you know, as much as you can on the website so you can understand where you get your traffic and also how different traffic from different sources interacts with your website. Uh, you will probably find out that organic traffic is staying more on the website, interacting better with the website while as traffic that comes through social media, let's say, or social media ads, if you run them, uh, that would have a higher bounce rate, which means that they leave the website more easily. Maybe they spend less on websites. So this way you can also see what type of traffic you want to drive more of. And, that's, and this can also go back to, I mean, take you back to informing your marketing decisions, which, which could be, uh, do I want more organic traffic? Yeah, because it seems to be interacting well with my website. I have more conversions for it. So what do I need to do? Uh, well, I need to invest more in uh, content writing or things like these or backlinks from partners. And, you know, this can inform the next activities and where you put your budget next month or uh, over the next period. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Like, 
this this episode has been so full of information that is super useful, not only to me, but I know that the audience is going to get a lot out of this. Um, if, if people want to follow your journey or maybe get involved with your agency or if they need some marketing done, where can they reach out to find you online? So, uh, first of all, we put out a bunch of free content. Uh, we'll keep doing it. Uh, it's part of our core uh, I don't know, ethos, and we really want to keep doing this uh, at a good standard. So, uh, we do have blogs, and we put out probably about a blog a week or so, uh, tackling different subjects, like marketing subjects. Uh, then we have a podcast, the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show, uh, where we invite um, professionals and marketing leaders from across the world, uh, both agency and client side, entrepreneurs as well. Uh, so there we discuss marketing trends, what works or have has worked well for them. And then we kind of bounce ideas and we bring case studies to the table. And it's really like... A, informative you are curious if you are curious about specific strategies um we also have a trends report that just went out so that's for 2021 you can download it for free from our website there's a link in the footer um and uh yeah basically these are this is on the free content um element and then uh, if you guys want to uh you know connect or follow us or inquire about anything um our website is um marketu.com uh, we are also on all the social platforms. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn personally, so if you want to connect with me, feel free. My name is Andre Tiu. This is how you'll find me. Um, and yeah, in terms of platforms, uh, we are active on all of them, including TikTok, but that's still early days. Uh, so we are still building that one up. Um, but yeah, uh, feel free to always reach out. Um, LinkedIn is probably the place where, at least me personally, I'll be more active. All right, guys, that was my episode with Andre Tu of Market You, and I absolutely love this episode. One of my favorite podcast episodes that I've done just because it was so insightful. We dug into marketing, SEO, analytics, all that stuff that's super vital and super important, especially when you're starting your own brand, you're starting to build your freelancing career. So I hope you guys got something out of this episode. If you did, if you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and feedback on the podcast. It helps us grow, especially on the iTunes charts. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go to the Project Freelance podcast page, scroll to the bottom, and you should see other people's feedback. And there's a star rating system. And if you do leave a rating and feedback, take a screenshot of it, send it to me at Project Freelance on Instagram, and I will send you a signed photo print of a photo that I've taken as a way of saying thank you guys for doing that. It takes like 30 seconds. It's completely free and it helps the podcast grow. It helps us find a bigger audience. So thank you guys for doing that. I definitely appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys again next week for another episode of Project Freelance. If you want to come on the podcast, if you've got some information, you've got some insights, some stories to tell, please reach out to me at contact at justtheletterk.com. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out and go create something.